Hi, everyone. Welcome to Domain Sherpa. Today is an episode of Down the Rabbit Hole with a big group of folks talking about NFTs. We've got me, Shane, Josh, and Alan, along with James Booth and Jack Cow. Since we have some of the most active holders representing some of the best apes, we talk all about the Board Ape Yacht Club, covering the recent mutant drop, Steph Curry aping in, and the upcoming auctions at Sotheby's and Christie's. We also talk a lot about Ethereum, OpenSea, and what we see coming in the future for NFTs. All this is about to happen right now on Down the Rabbit Hole here on Domain Sherpa, so let's go. It don't matter what you say, ain't no way that you messing with my team today. It don't matter what you do, I will not What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. J. On, and I am the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is down the rabbit hole. This is a show where, like we say on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains. Well, in the reverse, our work with domains leads us into all sorts of different things, especially under the big umbrella of digital assets, which includes crypto, NFTs, and other related stuff. So hence the jump down the rabbit hole. And this show, as it's evolved, we've really really been uh, pretty crypto and NFT focused lately because it's the, the space is on fire and we've all been having a lot of fun with the space. So this show, just so all y'all know, all y'all domain maxis, this is, is going to be an NFT show today. We're going to talk a lot about the Board ABI Club. We're going to talk about some other things, but just so you know, there's going to be a lot of alpha in the show today. But if that is not your thing, we will have a domain show review coming up right after this uh, that we'll actually be taping this week as well with uh, Braden Pollock and some other folks. So, you know, we will have content for you. But anyway, with that said, let me go ahead and introduce the panel, my co-host, my guests. I'll start. I'm going to go off to my right and then I'm going to go kind of loop in order. So first of all, we got my man Shane Coltra, a.k.a. Sugar Shane, a.k.a. Honey Shane, a.k.a. Mike Rowe. Oh, and I would say a.k.a. Colonel Whitenfer, but you're really not Colonel Whitenfer. Colonel Whitenfer is like you represent Colonel Whitenfer. So it's really more like. Shane is the blue ape with the lumberjack shirt and the black B-A-Y-C hat. He is uh, he's the one who actually got me to ape in in the first place. And uh, and that's what's up. I'm not going to do super extended real bios. I'm going to keep it ape focused on the intros today. So anyway, below Shane, we've got my man, Josh Reason, a.k.a. Bjorn Borg, a.k.a. Harry Kane, a.k.a. 3D tie dye red ape. Just jumped into his portfolio, just jumped into his wallet. What's up, Josh? How we doing? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> All right. And then for the first time on the show, super excited about this. We got my boy James Booth, a.k.a. Jude Law, a.k.a. Jim <laughs> Parsons, a.k.a. Sheldon Cooper. Right. First time we did a double a.k.a. Your hair, you don't really have you used to have the kind of the, 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 the comb over, not the comb over, but you used to have the part going this way with that haircut. So it was the first opportunity I had to do a double a.k.a. An a.k.a. of somebody who's also an a.k.a. We're getting super meta on this one today, guys. We are in the metaverse and uh, AKA the trippy captain's hat, cheetah ape with the cigar and the sailor shirt. Just so you know, Billy, who does the post-production, who's my brother, is going to be throwing up the apes as we go. So for those of you who are just listening at home, you're not going to get the benefit of all the visuals. But as we're doing the introductions, we're going to throw up at least like everybody's kind of signature forever ape, if you will. Although, are they really forever apes at the end of the day? There's, you know, there's probably a price everybody would accept for their apes. But at the, you I know, have no, we, I have no forever apes. I got to be clear about that. I'm not going <laughs> to no, pretend yeah, like yeah. I do. My Pick ape will be gone. Ape is 24 <laughs> hours. 
My hip will be gone very yeah. soon. Well, that's why we call Josh Super Ball, <laughs> a.k.a. Super Ball, man. He can't sit still, man. You know what I'm saying? If he's not wheeling and dealing, like he's not breathing. So that's what it is. All right, let's keep it moving down below. We've got my man. Oh, and uh, James, man, thank you for being on the show, dude. First time on here. Really excited to have you, man. All right. And keeping it moving down, down at the bottom, we got my man, Alan Dunn, a.k.a. Bill Gates, a.k.a. Gandalf, a.k.a. King Ape in the tweed suit. You still got you got the space ape, too. You still have the space ape. I do. I do. I love that. All right. That's my my forever ape. Is the space. I will throw them both up, Billy. Boom. Hit them with them both. Let's (laughs) let, let everybody know what's up. And then last but certainly not least, also a first time guest on the show, which I'm really excited about. Jack Call. A.K.A. Antonio Banderas, A.K.A. Jared Leto, A.K.A. Justin Bieber for the Canadian thing. You know what I'm saying? So, boom, you got some good ones in the A.K.A.s. And then A.K.A. the laser eyed red ape, which is no joke. You guys have literally some of the best apes. I mean, and that's so uh, well, we'll get into all that. But, yeah, laser eye red ape. Let's uh, show, show that guy some love. That is a uh, that is a killer ape, no doubt. Um, we're, we have a couple of folks who aren't on the show who are part of the rabbit hole gang, if you will. Obviously, my boy, Andrew Rosner, a.k.a. Morpheus, a.k.a. John Galt, a.k.a. the Dirk Diggler domain names. I hate when I say that, so I always give it the delay and then I hit him with it. And then he's got a ton of apes. His number one is probably the cream ape, which is the three color monochrome, all cream, cream fur, cream shirt, cream background cash rules everything around me crypto rules everything around me you know let's let's get it we also don't have yoni today aka young money aka blue steel yoni has an ape but he's been heavy in the dj and apes on the solana network i don't know about heavy heavy but that's definitely been more his thing because he loves some, himself some soul so we'll talk about that and then uh you know, also, uh, you know, Hiron, it's our boy, too, in the mix. And we're going to get him on the next rabbit hole show. He's got some sick apes, including that four trait death bot, ape, which is crazy. Speaking of death bots, we just picked up that death bot with the robot robot eyes and the halo. That one I'm actually splitting with uh, Drew up to so good. Death bots are the best bots. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so and Billy, who does the post production, also has an ape. He's got his man, Chill Walton, the ape with the tie dye. Boom. I think that's a lot of intros. We got a big, big full house today. So let's dive right into it and let you guys talk a little bit. So right now, the big thing that went down this past weekend was the big mutant release in the Board Ape Yacht Club. So let's go right to it and let's talk about what we like, what we don't like. I mean, there's been, you know, NFT time passes in like dog years, right? So, I mean, it's been three days. It feels like it's been three months. There's been so much going on. But I think, you know, for me personally, when they first dropped, it was like, kind of shocking you know the art isn't exactly my thing i'm not like a gross out kind of you know toxic avenger type of dude but the more i've gotten into these the more you realize how much detail and creativity has gone into these and like you know and i think from a from an artistic standpoint it's pretty pretty wild and you know and then when you get into the economics of it the tokenomics the game the game theory uh so what do you guys think somebody tell me something well, I, I got into apes because I thought that'd be fun to hang out. Don't all the talk about though. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that when I saw it, I was like, man, I don't want to hang that shit on my wall. Like, you know, it was all melty candle faced. Yeah. The first ones I saw, the first release were all the common ones. And and then 20,000. So that means 20,000 more pieces that we're going to have to trade and money's going to have to come in to, to prop up and hold. So it's just that whole concept 
to me wasn't great. But like everything else, you can find your mix in, in all those apes. You can find the ones that you really like. And I think we all have. And they're all different. It's funny. Josh and I argue all the time. He's like, M1's rule. And I'm like, M2's suck. And our M1's suck. M2's are the best. And he's like, M2's, what a waste of money. M1's are cleaner. And I'm like, ah, but the best ones are up at the top in the M2. So it's it's actually become, I've enjoyed it. Um, there's just a lot to go through. Like, I mean, nobody's, yeah. uh, you know, there's just a lot of apes and, and everybody's particular. And there's a lot of melty faces. So if you've got melty face ape, there's man there's so many to choose from it's yeah, you have to like really stuff. like it or have like certain traits or that you know and i think this is an interesting and a good point right when we all jumped in initially well at least for me um you know i had to have a certain attachment to my apes you know actually shout out to my apes i didn't even i didn't even shout out my lincoln abraham who is my original ape who is one of the more boring apes but he's got the black hat and uh and then my other ape my cheetah ape with the robot eyes and the safari hat safari ferrari never say sorry you know what i'm saying and uh so those two apes are currently in the lab. They're actually going to be in the studio tonight working on this track, Ape Shit, that we're working on and uh, going Ape Shit, doing Ape Shit, B-A-Y-C, Y-C. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, for me, I was always like, yo, I, I love the art. I love, like, kind of the ethos and everything behind it. You know, the mutants definitely made it take, like, it was kind of like all of a sudden it was this crazy, you know, left turn and really changed the game in a lot of ways. But... I agree with you, Shane, you know, and, and the other thing that was nuts was Saturday. I had like in real life, you know, IRL stuff going on. So I wasn't even that dialed in. I was getting like text messages and seeing the Twitter updates and all that, all that stuff. And it was all happening at like a million miles an hour. So it wasn't even until the next day or two that I was able to digest some of what was really going on. And I missed the mint, unfortunately, because I would have minted some of the new ones. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I think I'm kind of I'm with you at first. I was like, wow, that's this is like a crazy change, but it does sort of enter into maybe not in the short term, but I think long term as it plays out, I think there's going to be some really cool kind of things that are going to sort of flow from this. Plus, it's an access thing. It allows a lot more people to now become part of the Board Ape Yacht Club by having mutants. Um, but so, James, man, since we got you on here and, uh, you know, you've got high end, you got some of the best. I mean, so does so does Jack and, and the rest of your you know, sort of fam have some of the highest value apes with some of the dopest traits. You guys have been doing the mutants with the, you know, you've got the robot eyes and all that good stuff, the gold. So what's your take? I mean, initially where you, where you at, how you feel now? Yeah. I mean, like I, I love the fact that more people can get into the club, like an easier entry point. Um, but I also have sort of mixed feelings as well. I mean, the artwork itself is not sort of, like you, not really my uh, alley. Um, the mega mutants, the I think there's like nine of them, like five or six of them, look amazing. Yeah. And obviously, there I think there'll be a great uh, long-term hold or investment on those ones. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, the M the M twos, like some of them look decent, but then like, yeah, the melt the melty skin and stuff like that. Is, I mean, for me, I pretty much mutated all of my apes and then just kind of fire sold most of them um <laughs> yeah but you know, you know and, and interestingly you talk about the fire sale but you know i mean 30 ETH, 90 ETH, I mean, 90 ETH fire sale <laughs> it's a 90 dollars. <laughs> i'm out that's it i'm gonna take that's it i'm taking my quarter million and i'm going home but um yeah no i'm with you man and i think um you know i think it probably shares a lot of the sentiment but um 
you know, I think for you guys, you know, the ability to be able to mutate those with those really cool traits, I think that still is one of those things. It's like a cream rising to the top, you know? So when you look at this whole big sort of mess of now new apes and new mutants, not new apes, but new mutants, you know, the differentiator really is those traits. I mean, that's why you guys were able to get some of those values like as quickly as you did for those apes, you know, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, what's, your, what's was, you go, go on, James, I was going to say, what's your, what's your strategy going forward with, with mutants? You, are you completely out on them? <clears throat> I mean, I've got like four left and look, I'm obviously very grateful that um, they rewarded us, you know, with, with essentially decent Free money. money. Um, <laughs> But then obviously like we're, we're heavily invested into the club. Um, so, you know, very grateful for, for that. Um, but going forward now, I mean, I've, I've got like four left to sell. Once they sell, I'm, I'm still very bullish on the OG apes and, you know, I'll, I'll just uh, reinvest in, into the OGs. Yeah. How do you, what do you guys think about like burning the, uh, like, like James, you, you minted, you know, your M1 and your M2. Um, from what I probably is a premium ape. Do you think that hurts the value now? Because you can't mint, a new owner can't mint the M1 and M2, right? Honestly, um, I, I, don't, I don't think it really matters that much. Um, if someone's like on rarity tools, they see our gold ape, they're not gonna think, ah, oh, has the mutants been taken from this? They, they want it for the OG ape. I was listing um, one of my apes for sale and two separate people actually asked me, has it been mutated or is it a virgin? So mm -hmm. I think that already people see that there is added value for it to be a virgin because then they can derive value for the high value apes, yeah. right? Because there is that delta between the price of the M2s and the price that you're able to sell it. Sure. So if it's not mutated, they add value that way. But my theory was that I don't wanna have to like sell it by saying it's a virgin, so I want more for it, you know? It's just going to be a lot simpler to say, you know what, like this is a price, take it or leave it, rather than try to like sell it on the fact that it's a virgin. Yep. I think also right now, I think right now the 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 it's it's a it's a bit of a unique situation because it, they just got released and the mutant prices are pretty high, so you know people are buying M2s, M1s even for a hundred ETH, um, especially if they've got rare trades. To be honest. Um, I think that obviously, I think we're even seeing it right now. The floor is dropping a little bit on the mutants, especially. It's like, I, you know, and it's, we saw the same thing with like 01N as well, or 0N1. It's like in the initial release on projects that have a lot of, you know, big, big players in them. It just goes like this in the first couple of days. But <clears throat> I think, I think it's a little out of whack with, with, with reality. Just personally, I mean, I, I think the, I think the mutants, like 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 James said, the mutants are cool, right? And it brings in more people to the club. But you know, there's a for me, I have a few concerns with them. I think that most of them are not not PFP worthy, which is like the most it's important it's thing. Very good. Uh, and uh, because they're not PFP worthy, I just wonder how they're going to withstand, you know, the 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 future. It's like. Right now, people are really excited to get into the club, but are they going to be really excited to have this really ugly-looking picture on, <laughs> you know, Twitter for a long time? I don't know. I don't know. That, that there's a few concerns there for me, um, but I mean, we got to see how it plays out. Yeah. No, and I think that's a good point. And uh, you know, I think then that brings in. I know Alan is a big 
game theory tokenomics guy. And, uh, you know, so this whole idea of holding on to the serum, right? Well, actually, right after it was the day after I went online and I, I went and I saw an ape that was, uh, you know, I was like literally the floor ape. And I checked on the site where you can check to see if it's already been mutated. And according to the site, it wasn't, you know, and I checked and then I went into the wallet of the seller and saw they had the ape for a while went back through and they had a lot of transactions and activity, not all ape related, but you know, I'd gone back through three hours or something and saw, okay, no mutation. So that's, I expected there wasn't going to be any kind of weird sort of like glitch. So I bought it and then went to use the serum on it because I would check to even see based on rarity tools, what the traits would look like and all that. If I use the serum and couldn't use it, you know, and I was like, oh shit, like that took value for me personally, because I looked at it like, you know, that was a nine at a minimum, you know, the serum that I had gotten, I actually bought, you know, serum for six. And then I figured I could sell the ape for nine, nine and a half, just the mute, the mutant ape, or, you know, it have that kind of value. And then, you know, that's several ETH off the table. Right. So if we're looking at this from an economic standpoint, like that, that absolutely devalued. Now I could have held on. I sold the ape pretty much right away for what I paid for. It took a little bit of a hit in commission just to keep it moving, free up the ETH. You know, I could have held it a few more days today probably and sold it for a profit, you know, so poor me, I'm crying tears with my dollar bills or whatever. But so, you know, as we're getting into these details and that's another thing, look, first of all, this is not financial advice. Right. And also, too, we know that these are all like first world problems. Right. I mean, everybody that's here on this call is making a lot of money selling apes. We've made a lot of money selling domain names, you know, but at the same time, like there's obviously a lot of people that are interested in trying to do this. Like, you know, it's kind of like I talk about for work. I mean, there's certain amount of like stuff that I do for the love, but if I wasn't necessarily getting paid, I wouldn't show up. Right. So it's like, you know, not that this is the only reason we're in this, but when we're, you know, when people are making these moves and obviously the, you know, the Yuga Labs and, and OpenSea, they benefit from transactions taking place, you know, and everything's not just, if it was one person buying a forever eight, but never selling it, then there'd be no transactions and that would be it. Right. So, you know, that is it. So when we talk about that, I just don't want people to get the wrong idea. Like, oh man, these guys are only in it for the money. I mean, it's not, I love my apes. I never want to sell my other two apes, but if the price is right, I'll do it. If I can pay off my mortgage, like, you know, I mean, though, there are real life things that, you know, and, I, and when I see people that are having these, and that's the beautiful thing about this and, and credit to Yuga Labs. I mean, they've done this better than anybody, you know, even better than uh, Larva Labs as far as, far as I'm concerned, as far as uh, bringing additional value to the, to the holders, to reward the community members and the folks that had faith and are involved and all that kind of stuff. Like, and when I'm seeing it on Twitter, I'm seeing people talking about like, oh, I just paid off my, I just was able to buy a car. I just paid off my student loan. Like that's beautiful shit. And that's happening because there's an economic system based around this, this whole thing. Right. I mean, that's so, you know, so I think that's the balance, but anyway, I just wanted to kind of level set there and say that, but the, um, but it also shows you that, you know, not everything works exactly as it should. Or, you know, and I think to Jack's point, you know, there is value, at least at this point in time, about whether or not the apes have been mutated and all that. I mean, keep in mind, it may feel like a year, but it's literally been three days since they even just announced all this stuff in the first place. So to what I was saying about Alan, you've got the, uh, you know, you were talking about the serum and all that, because now you got a couple of different options, right? You can three, hang on three to the day, serum. Three days and 55,000 in Ethereum volume. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give the Louvre Lab, or, uh, Yuga Labs too they, I mean this this started as a Dutch auction right I mean that's you know, yeah. that tells you how crazy the demand was I mean they they didn't put this out at like 0.1 ETH yeah, yeah. Started, what, what did it start at 3 ETH 3 yeah 3 ETH they, they, they sold out at 2.75 
Yeah. No and that was only that was only because the first like 20 minutes nobody knew what was happening. Otherwise it would have all sold I out did. at three. I, I, I did. Apart from Alan. <laughs> apart from yeah. Alan. That's Alan the thing, knew exactly yeah. Alan knew exactly what was happening. In Alan fact, I think he was I think he was what. on the phone. I think he was on the phone with Gordon, like, I know what's happening. <laughs> He's like, Don't worry, man, I dig this. I'm in. I'm in. No. While everyone Alan's, else is like, Alan's the guy that you go to the beach and he just runs and jumps in the water. He doesn't That's know it, what the yeah. temperature is, he doesn't know if it's salt water. He he doesn't know if they're sharks, but he's just oh, going right. to run and jump in the water. And we're all standing there with our towels thinking, well, he didn't get eaten. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I will tell you if there's jellyfish there, I will. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so, I mean, and that's the thing. So you can hang on to M1. You can hang on to the, so for those who haven't, don't know, I mean, let's, let me give the real quick. So, so basically what happened was, um, you know, if you had an ape, you were awarded uh, a serum of one of three tiers, right? Either the M1s which there were 7,000 M2s, which were, there were 2,992, right? I think something like that. And then there were eight mega serums. The mega serums now, you know, turn your apes into mega apes, which are selling for a million dollars plus. Um, and then, so, you know, and, and you can use either the M1 and M2, M3, you can use either serum, any serum on an ape, but only once per serum, but you could effectively mutate one ape three times. So, you know, you get into this situation where not every ape is going to be M2'd, not every ape can even be M1 at the end of the day, right? So, yeah. you know, when you talk about some of the, go ahead, Jack, you were going to say something? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you open your mouth to talk, man. I'm going to call on you, man. I'm like, participate. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the, uh, you know, so, you know, so then you start getting into this thing where it's like, all right, well, you know, as the dust settles here, you know, the, the especially I think the M2 serum becomes very valuable for those who hold on to it, because the more people that use it, the less that there is. So you're only going to have so much. So if you do have somebody as they get in that wants to develop the full set or, you know, you know, whatever, like, or has a particular ape that they want to M2 with, you know, then that becomes a, uh, you know, very valuable NFT. So when well, here's the game, here's the game. So this is how I looked at it. You got to see who's minting what. So the rarity is not going to be in the ape. It's going to be what ape do they use the M2 with? Yeah. So if everybody uses it on something and nobody uses it on a basic ape, that could be the rarest M2. Oh. So it, 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 it was wise to sit back. I waited to see, you know, I had, I had three apes that I could use it on. And I'm thinking, who is going to use their M2 on what? Well, of course, they're going to go to the gold. They're going to go to the trippies. But then there's that middle ground. And you think, are they going to use it on the smoking ones? I saw the smoker, like I have a cigarette guy and I saw the M2 on that one. It's got cigarettes stuffed all in his mouth like an ashtray. <laughs> and I thought, well, it's so bad that nobody's going to do it. So it could be worth more, but it's so bad. I can't use it anywhere. So that was the gameplay is to try. I had an M2. Is it worth more selling it to someone down the road to use it? Or was it better to watch and see where the rarest one? And it turns out I used it on the smoking pipe unshaven face and only i think 61 were done of everybody and right. um could there be more yeah because there's m2 but there is a definitely gameplay in it watching who's doing what when to do it and and i i like the art because i think it's the trippiest like it looks like a dope head like a pothead smoking if you ever seen he's got literally like an opium pipe and they all got beards oh it yeah it looks like a grateful dead poster all the way it's yeah yeah the ones that are cool are really cool i mean i think that's kind of where i'm at i'm like polar like polarized with them like the ones that i don't like i you know 
but there there are and there are a lot of them because i mean you got thousands right that are like so so cool and we got halloween coming up right i mean it's almost like i want to have an i want to have a mutant so i can use that as my how as my october pfp you know what i mean it's literally almost worth it just for that and uh so yeah but i think uh Without a doubt, some of those are just there. And I find that when I like when I'm going through the lists and just looking at them long enough, like I gotta take a break. I'm like, man, like, you know, then I look at the regular apes, the OG apes. I'm like, man, they're just so boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're so bored. Mine came out really nice, actually. Like the, the trippy sailor, and oh, the trippy yeah. hat with the cigar, like the melted cigar. And I oh, listed yeah. that 35F and it sold within like two hours or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the oh, thing. Was that an M2? Yeah, M2, yeah. And I would also, agree. No, I mean, the, the next 30 days, I mean, also, it's just to jump really in here, Shane. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go, Jack. Sorry, sorry to cut you. Um, I was just going to say, Shane, I had the right strategy because I'm noticing now that a lot of M2s are selling for significantly less, like 10 ETH less than what the Serums are selling for. So a lot of people are just very impatient and they use their M2s on low value apes. And what happened was, they ended up losing um, a lot of ETH as a result. So it, this right strategy definitely seems to be using the M2s, well, it, both with the M1 and M2 on the valuable apes because you end up making a profit because you can just then like buy another M1 or M2, right? But yeah. these people are selling for like 12 ETH, 11 ETH, and they're probably like kicking themselves saying, I wish I waited because I could have sold the serum itself. They used it on an ape that didn't, the M2s weren't good. I mean, Josh is right in a lot of cases. A lot of cases, the M1s are better than the M2s. So you need to save it for an ape that created a mutant that people want. And that's, you don't have to figure out what that is. That takes time to see what people are looking for and what, uh, you know, and like the smiley, the grin M1 is one of the better looking ape because it's clean. There's a lot more of them, but it's doing a lot better because people want it. This all comes to demand. Rarity makes them want to wants them to have it because it's rare. But at the same time, it's got to be, you could have something they have twice as many apes, but 50 more people want it than the other one. Then it's going to be valuable. Yeah, there. I mean, so there's a whole bunch of different things going on. I'm looking at the M2 I mentioned this morning and uh, I like the M1 much better. Yeah, but that's easy to say for a, in overall, but there are individual ones where the M2 is better and there's some that are better than M1. It really, and that's yeah, also yeah. personal opinion. Like I hate all the melty faces. Every M2 <laughs> that has a melted face, you really gotta, I mean, the only reason I like the guy that I got is because he's got a beard and you don't really notice the face as much, but just a straight candle wax thing. That's, I'm, I'm getting rid of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was the idea behind uh, Anybody know this the idea behind candle wax? So to to your point about what was the, you know, sort of the thought process behind like just the whole thing. I think it's this idea that they've encountered this, you know, radioactive type serum, which, you know, led to like, you know, this, you know, again, mutating, melting sort of, you know, effect. And if you look at the ones that go from an OG to an M1 to an M2, you kind of see that it's almost like it's a progression, right? It's like, you know, at first it's the initial effect, which is like this melting and then any traits have a certain thing and then sort of a, a further, you know, sort of exacerbating of that condition further along in the M2, you know, so and I and to me, it was very much like, again, toxic Avenger kind of situation, you know, they got they got in, into the radioactive waste and it just led to 
you know, again, a combination of mutating and melting and, uh, you know, and I, I mean, that's, that's, that was my that's take. Why, that's why a lot of people say that the M1s look better because they look closer to what an OG8 looks like. Yeah, I'll buy that. I mean, I think you make a great point about the PFPs. Like, out of all, you know, there's probably 10% of the mutants, I think, are PFP worthy, you know? And obviously ones that have, like, the really good traits. And I think that's another credit to, you know, so with the dogs, it was very, you know, call it diplomatic or whatever, right, where they went out. I ended up with the sixth most rare dog even though my ape was, you know, the one that was awarded that dog was like a mid-tier ape, right? And I thought that was really cool for the dogs, but I think this time around to provide a little bit more reward to the folks that had the, you know, the high-value apes because they either got them early or like James and Jack and team like spent a lot of ETH to go get the the high, high-value apes, you know? So I thought it was cool that they got, that there was value for them in that, you know, because that I thought that sense. was a good look, you know? I think that is. A, I think that was a good look as well. I agree with you. It kind of rewards the people that took larger risks. I guess. Exactly. I mean, or you know, held longer mm-hmm. when they could have sold quicker and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, so it's sort of like they had something for the folks that are you know kind of the entry level to get in, and then they also rewarded the OGs. You know, like the and the very very valuable ones. Um, so, right. you know, I thought that was cool. What do you guys? What do you guys um, think about? Uh, think about the rise in rise in ethereum now that's happening just i know that i know that you know we typically have said that blue chips don't really get affected by the rise in ethereum especially like punks like but i don't think we've seen a true rise in ethereum yet let's not forget that ethereum was at like four thousand. you know when this all kind of started blowing up in in may so we're still we're still lower than all-time highs there uh, you know, when Ethereum does, when, when it does rip and it goes to like 5k, that's going to be, an, that's going to be interesting. Um, well, I don't know. It's a 20k or hundred K, right? Well, like yeah. People think it's going to skyrocket at that point. If you bought a, an ape, for example, for 20 ETH, right. And you got it at like 3000 and all of a sudden it's worth 20. All of a sudden the whole game changed, right? Like mm-hmm. people are gonna view it very differently. Right now, it's like the whole casino model, right? Where you put in a thousand dollars and you get like chips, right? So <laughs> you don't really feel like yeah. you're paying a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars, right? Well, so, well, it's like a casino model, but if there's no stable coin, that's the great thing, yeah. right? <laughs> that is true. That is true. I was reading a thread. I, also, I was reading ahead. a thread the other day that that, and I was telling JT about this that. There's only 35,000 wallets with enough Ethereum, like pure Ethereum in those wallets to afford a punk. This only 35,000. Enough with that's the crazy. FUD. Enough with the FUD, man. That's not FUD. That's not FUD. That's not FUD. That's just, that's just goes to show. I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that that's like a terrible thing. No, I'm, I'm just, just saying that that's a very, I'm saying that that's a very interesting number sure. because it's not that many when there are 10,000 punks and, and there are would, only 35,000 yeah, yeah. wallets with, with over 100, 150 ETH doesn't mean that they don't have like a bunch of bitcoin a lot of those wallets will have like a bunch of bitcoin those are strictly like ethereum token holders but that's not a lot of that's not a lot of ETH. i'm not fighting i'm just saying like that's an interesting number well you know i think more importantly would be to look at what's the overall outstanding amount of eth period right compared to the cost of the nfts you know because i think then you're really looking at the real spread 
Uh, but again, I think, you know, I convert Bitcoin to Ether and Solana to Ether and back and forth all the time when I'm trying to move money into my wallet. I don't keep it all in my MetaMask. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I think that's also a bit of a moving target. But yeah, but I think those are interesting macro sort of, you know, uh, data points to look at to see, you know, how is that going to impact this market, you know, over time? To me, though, I think the bigger thing is less about the available Ethereum. And I was joking, obviously, but, you know, you were you told me that data point when you were giving me a bit of a like, you know, you were running through your, hey, here's why, you know, here's my here's my bear case on everything, you know, on life. Yeah, I, but, I, uh, I have a bet. I, 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 I'm, I'm like a I'm one of those guys that's never going to get like ridiculous returns because I'm all I, I always like have a hedge. I always have a hedge and I, I'm never like all in. I'm never at a point where it's just like, if this goes to, if this goes to shit, I'm, you know, not going to have anything. Yeah. So but, yeah. It's no, like but one of those things. And you'll be fine in the long term. And, you know, and you're doing great. I've seen your crib. So anyway, with that, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think the other things though, for me, when I look at what's happening from a sort of, again, from a macro or like, you know, it's called a societal level that's impacting, I mean, the, but the, 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 you know, you got more and more recognizable people that are buying into NFTs and the board API club every single day. And I think that's the thing. I mean, USD to ether can happen pretty quickly. Right. And, you know, when you get Steph Curry, I mean, that was another thing that made this whole run up during the mutants insane was that before it even happened, Steph Curry, not only does he go and get a board ape, but he makes it his PFP and then he includes BAYC in his bio. I mean, his bio literally said like father of and named his kids and then was like son, husband, brother, you know, and then it was like comma Davidson Wildcat, which is where he went to college. And he's got a lot of love for Davidson. And then it was like BAYC. And then it was like Corinthians, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, literally he was, he put that up there with the most important shit in his life on his bio that, and, and as a representation of who he is and what he's into, I mean, and he is one of those athletes that, I mean, you don't get, especially like for the NBA, because I mean, you know, we already had a couple NBA players, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, or not Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball. Because NBA uh, players are, are so known for making great investments. Well, okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I'll like, be honest with you. I, I could give a shit whether an athlete buys anything that I do. If Warren Buffett puts in his profile, then the game changes. Okay. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about that then. All right. Because most yeah. recently when you talk about what basketball players buy, um, yeah. Kevin Durant was part of the group that, so OpenSea original, you know, recently valued at what 1.6 billion took on $110 million in funding led by Andreessen Horowitz and Kevin yeah. Durant. So it's like, you know, I that's mean, that's the baller move right there. You, well, sell yeah, that the is. Picks and you, you sell the picks and shovels. You don't buy the gold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think that, you know, but it also shows, you know, you know, again, bigger picture. I think I like to, you know, maybe it's just me, you know, I, I get caught up in the irrational exuberance of it all. I think the whole movement's amazing. We're having a blast and we're all making a bunch of money and everything's working almost, you know, the best strategy up to this point has really been buy fast and sell slow, right? For the most part, yeah. you know, because everything's gone up and had its runs at some point right now, you don't want to be left holding the bag. So there's definitely certain projects we saw it with only force, you know, there was that enormous run up. I actually took a loss on one of my, the last ones I sold, although I still believe in it. I just think it took off too fast. So I'm waiting to see a little bit more of the roadmap before I really get back in, you know, and, uh, but I, you know, I did fine cause I minted, you know, some really, you know, some good ones. Right. But here's uh, how, here's how I know that it's going well, not because of Steph Curry. I know it because my daughter's guys that live in her, her, her house with her introduced me and said to the other guy, this guy owns an ape. 
A 21-year-old guy thinks that is the ultimate thing. He didn't introduce me as Libby's dad, that I owned a nursery, anything. Like no car that I drive. He said, this guy owns an ape. As long as that's a flex, then we're okay. Exactly. It's so awesome because if you get into it, right? Because ultimately it shows prestige. And it's not about the fact that it's a good investment or not that they're getting in. But when Steph Curry, I don't even watch basketball, and I know what Steph Curry is, right? Ultimately, when he's putting it as his PFP, it's like a status symbol. Mm -hmm. And that just brings more eyeballs and more investment into the apes, which helps prop up the entire market. That's a great point. Let's not forget as well that, let's not forget the DraftKings guys dropped like $3 million in 10 minutes on all those trippies the other day. And and those are all great buys, right? I mean, it's like you're like <laughs> you're like good job, guys. I mean, yeah, the DraftKings guys are in. Well, that's what I thought was pretty wild watching this. From you know, now we you know, I bought my first ape back in literally it was like June first, you know. And I remember when you know about I'm like, am I really going to drop two ETH on this on this JPEG? You know, my kids are like, what are you doing? You know, I didn't even tell my wife. I'm like, I'll let her know later. It's just a crypto thing, honey. It's crypto. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and so watching that like evolve over time, what I thought was interesting is, you know, some, certain folks like there's a lot of like, you know, crypto OGs that are that didn't necessarily dive in right away. Right. So that start coming into the party a little later that have a lot of crypto and, you know, have a lot of pull. And, you know, so, you know, I think it's invisibility. So, you know, I thought that was also really interesting. I kind of just assumed, OK, anybody that's sort of already in crypto is already in NFTs. But you know, then I also now I see a lot of like the back and forth between like the NFT folks and the Bitcoin maxis and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, like the memes where it's like the Bitcoin folks, when they realize all you can do with Bitcoin is talk about Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, you know, and then and I have a question, too. So in my mind, getting rolling back a little bit on ETH, I'm I've turned everything into ETH. Like I, I literally now look at something and think how much ETH it is. It took me a while to get to that. Yeah. And I think as it goes up, that's going to be fine. So if it gets to 5,000, I think we'll still be, I'll still think in ETH. But when it starts to get to eight, 9,000, I might start going back and calculating things in dollars. Sure. And so what is that number? That's what I'm trying to figure out is, and that's whatever that number is, is going to be when people start lowering the price in ETH 100%. because of the 100%. dollar. I don't know what that number is. I know it's over 5,000 for me personally. Like right now, between two and 33, 3,500, I still think in ETH. I haven't, I, when I bought my ape, it was at like 2,200. And I still think of it as 0.58 ETH. I don't think of it yeah. as money. There's a lot of diamond hand kids that are in this NFT game. When I say diamond hand kids, I mean like younger than me, that this is a lot of money for them. And as ETH continues to rise, it becomes even more money for them. And I'm talking like, like, like college kids. Yeah. Like, no, my daughter. I have a 21 you know? year old daughter. We talk about this every day. I said, sell your lazy line. You can get a, <laughs> I, I sent her one at point two, right? Now it's at one and a half. That's the same amount of money she made working her ass off all summer. She yeah. can get like $4,500. You know what she told me? Nah, I think it's going higher. She's bullish on the lions. I like it. Yeah. I like and it. I'm thinking that's a that's forty five hundred dollars to a twenty-one year old girl that's begging me for gas money. But she's saying, I'm not selling it, Dad. I want a little bit more. I said, Man, this is this is why I'm still in, baby. I have a I have a person to bump off that well, I don't think you you kind of do, Alan, but he's not really into crypto. But you know, having a kid that's a, an adult. 
that's right at that point that this this really appeals to is a good bounce off. Yeah, well, bouncing off kids and the kids in general, for those of us who have kids, is funny. I said to my 11-year-old the night that I listed uh, my dog, uh, you know, Fallout Boy, I sold him for 35. And, uh, you know, at one point I got an offer that night for like 20, I think. And uh, I was like, I don't know, I think I might sell him. You know, my 11-year-old's like, but you don't have them listed for that. You know, why would you sell them for that? I'm like, <laughs> Smart. you're absolutely right. Dude. Oh, good. You know what I'm saying? He's, <laughs> you know? so, he's like, he's like, dad, are you the guy that accepts WEF? Are you the guy that accepts WEF? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's like, don't pay the gas. Don't pay the gas. Paper hands. Paper yeah, exactly. hands. Yeah, put your hands good. out, dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, your hands are soft, dad. You're right. You're yeah, exactly. So, sometimes when I take WEF off those, I'm like, ah. Oh, that's nice. embarrassing. I can't go. I can't see my daughter at Christmas and tell her I took WEF. <laughs> you know, it is uh, funny the dynamics of ETH in general. I mean, look, it's hard for me, I think, with that, because if you talk to Drew, he would say the same thing. Look, when ETH, if ETH rips, it's going to like, you know, kind of crater the, the, the market. Right. But I guess, you know, the market, if it's calculated in an ETH, I mean, it's and that's I, I think that's a weird thing for me because I'm still like USD, like in how I live. Right. So, you know, I pay my mortgage, you know, U.S. dollars. So, but, you know, but nobody's buying in to buy. I just don't see a person. I mean, maybe on the smaller stuff, but I don't see somebody going, I'm going to go to my bank and go buy some ETH and go buy uh, an ape. And so I did. I did, I, I did that like two weeks ago. I <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, a lot of, a lot of money came less. out of my bank account and I was like, this isn't cool. Shit. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> But that's where the problem was because you're actually seeing the dollars go into the ETH. Whereas yeah. if it rips forward, I think it's just in their, you know, it's just in their account. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I we mean. talk about that whole thing about just, you know, the context, right? Like, I mean, I'll go into a store and I'll be like, I'm not paying $12 for a pair of socks. And then I'm like, oh, what? 0.3 ETH for some random shit that I think has zero value. Yeah. It's just 0.3. I don't care. I don't care. Dude, I, 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 mean, I spent 30 minutes on the phone with somebody yesterday about like a $900 escrow fee. I want to just go through it. It's like, you know, <laughs> I spent like a hundred thousand dollars on a JPEG. <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> and I bought a fake art block because I, I was in a hurry on a, on a launch in the open sea and I, and I lost a thousand dollars. If I if someone stole a thousand dollars, I'd be calling the police and spending all day <laughs> filling out a police report, and you know I would be sick to my stomach all day long if somebody took a thousand dollars cash from me. I mean, I worked hard for a thousand dollars, and that one I was like, ah, I'll get it back on a freaking red degenerate or something, you know? Yeah, I I, uh, I minted like or I know I didn't mint them. I bought like five apes that were like uh, derivative. And it was on like the fake Board Ape Yacht Club Instagram account. And <laughs> I paid like one Ethereum for them. And then the next day I go into my account, they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and the other thing. The same similar thing happened to me with the trolls. So the fucking trolls. So Alan hits me up. He's like, yo, check these out, you know? So, and at the time, <laughs> right. you know, at the time, <laughs> it's always Alan, right? It's like, that like a good idea. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I, but Alan hits me up and I'm like, I'm in. I don't even know it need to know what it is. Like, you know, are, are there any traits that are like important? Like, you know, and then uh, so I go over there. But the thing was, I went from my cell phone to my computer. And in the process, I went on OpenSea and didn't realize because this was the first time it had happened to me. But I went to the wrong listing. You know what I mean? And I went to a scam listing that I bought two really quick. And I'm like, yo, I got these super rare ones. You know what I mean? And, and it's like 
So then I reported it to OpenSea because I was like, fuck these guys. And it was a couple hundred dollars. I was pretty heated. And, uh, you know, so OpenSea pulls the listing and then takes, you know, and took the NFTs too. I'm like, wait, please leave me the NFT so I can maybe go scam somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Why do I got to be left holding the bag? It's still an NFT. Doesn't have to be official. Maybe that'll have value. And that it's the, maybe the scam ones will have more value than the originals down the road. I mean, the shit's called the fucking trolls. I, I deserve to get rugged. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I would love to see the numbers on this, honestly. Because, like, if you search for a Fidenza, if you search for a Port Ape, if you, if you, if you start any search, you're almost, it's almost all fraud. Yeah, it's all garbage. It, it, I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Well, I hope that's something that they fix going forward. All right, James, you were saying? Yeah, even these new serums. Like, if you type in serum on OpenSea, it, it gives you all the fake ones first. And I, you know, I have to like go through and see and, and look for the verified badge and stuff. If you're well, doing and that, it, yeah, and that's the thing. And they didn't, you know, and they didn't kill like, so it's not like I got my, the ETH that they took in their commissions back, I don't think. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, Shane. It, it canceled, it canceled what I bought like in eight seconds. Like when I went to go see what I bought, it said, this has been delisted. I look at my ETH, it didn't get delisted. It got sent fast. That's what I'm saying, you know? So, and you'd almost wonder if at some point, you know, they have some, uh, you know, like a tail period, a little bit of delay before they, you know, but part of the benefit of these platforms and like, you know, having, you know, seen it on, you know, where domains, ta everything takes so much longer, you know, you've got this instant settlement, instant payment, instant delivery yeah. of the NFTs. I mean, that's a, that's a big positive to the way this, this whole ecosystem works, but if there was a delay in paying the sellers, like, I don't know how quickly the sellers get paid. I'm assuming the ETH shows up almost instantaneously. Has anybody, actually anybody on here know how that works? Has anybody done any of that? Oh, sold when anything? you sell something? Yeah, has anyone actually, like, well, sold, like, you know, their own NFT? Or oh, yeah, no, no, no. Collection, it's, uh, it, works, it works the same way. So basically you get paid immediately? So if you, if you, ha if you have a collection and you, get, and you want to get paid on, like, royalties, OpenSea pay you out, like, once a month or something. On the royalty. So technically open C. So they, the seller would get, well, that's interesting. So, well, no, are you sure of that? Because when you buy something, there's literally a, <clears throat> there's literally a breakdown, like 2.5% to open C, 5% to artist or whatever. So in the contract, wouldn't that, because I've seen, I've, I've looked at a few of the transactions and I haven't checked the addresses, but I mean, it seems like that the 2.5 is going to open C. Mm -hmm. and the 5% or whatever is going straight to whatever wallet the artist. Right. So uh, the royalties, the, royal, the royalties are definitely paid out monthly um, for sure. Okay. So if you so, go to, you can, you can verify that as well. If you go to uh, my collections in OpenSea, uh, you'll obviously not have any, you click on create a collection. And um, when you're setting up your collection, you can choose what your royalties are going to be. So it says here, collect a fee when a user resells an item you originally created. This is deducted from the final sale price and paid monthly to a payout address of your choosing. So technically, you know that, that's actually a good that's good fraud uh, fraud stuff. Well, yeah. So mm -hmm. this so why didn't we get paid? So I should have got at least my five percent back, if not the full thing, if they were the original seller as well, right? Because then they could right. be the the creator of this fraudulent listing. And then the seller of these fraudulent items, which means technically OpenSea, if they're holding back, well, I guess the seller would get it right away, depending on how they created the account. But the the creator or the artist, if you will, they could have at least kicked me back my 5%. You know what I mean? So instead, they just keep it. But 
you know, right now probably, it's the wild probably, west. It probably would have got probably it probably would have cost more in gas. Oh uh, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> that would have charged me the gas. I would ended up even down even more. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. But anyway, all right, well, let's keep it moving. So, you know, other things too, we're talking about some of the macro stuff that I thought was kind of interesting. You know, Arizona Ice-T bought an ape, right? Visa bought a CryptoPunk. Those were big news last week. Um, Also kind of in this big run-up, you know, and this goes back to what we're talking about as far as, you know, and I think I'm I'm really, any has anybody heard anything about how Arizona Ice-T plans on using their ape? Because this is super interesting to me. I mean, you get big brands in here and they're like, hey, you know, because they've got a marketing budget for a marketing campaign of a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, or a million dollars, you know, throwing an ape into the mix is not, you know, it could be part of that. Um, it's interesting anybody- for sure. I, I, was, I was seeing something the other day that said that the only way that you can use the bake, the, the bake logo uh, if, is, is if it's on your ape. Um, so like for branding purposes, like, like Arizona Ice Tear using, or if someone else comes along like Visa, the only way that they could get that, that bake logo into their, into their branding as if it's on the ape. So I thought that was an interesting thing. Probably added, adds a little value to, to merch, merch apes. So. Um, yeah. But I mean, but yeah. even so just even regardless of using the, the BAYC or the board ABI club logo, like just using the ape as like, you know, a character, you know, on like, like what yeah. Shane's doing with the Colonel White and fur, you know, if they oh, yeah, it's, it's just not a character too. Booth. You said um, draft Kings bought a lot of them. So, you know, just imagine you're spending $150,000 or whatever on a, um, you know, some kind of giveaway, a seven day cruise or something. Um, but then all of a sudden you, you know, you throw in a, an ape. If you do, how many people are going to gamble in this competition draft kings like does? I mean, oh, they're going to make their money back like a that. thousand times, you know? So yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, you, there's That's so a much really, really like, cool like idea. having like yeah. having like one of those trippy apes as 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 a prize in in yes. on DraftKings. Yeah, how sick would that be? Whoever spends the most <laughs> oh. wins. I mean, like, it's that would so be much, wild. Yeah, these are part of culture now. I mean, this is you know people. You know, you think about Supreme, right? I mean, I don't really know anything about this stuff. Like I said, I got like twelve shirts in the same color. But you know, if you go to StockX, that's why you know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, but if you go to StockX and you look at Supreme. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, they got lipstick selling for 50, 50 bucks or something like everything supreme is out the window. Yeah. It's crazy pricing. Yeah. BAYC so, uh, could be the next like, you know, that's what some people are saying, like, you know, because they're throwing it up on the merch and the skateboards. And that was part of what I dug about it, too. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Bathing Ape. You know, Bape was like big, like, you know, brand and super like, you know, sort of exclusive, cool, kind of expensive you know, um, stuff. And, uh, you know, and I've seen people use that, the Supreme, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, metaphor or whatever saying, you know, we could be the next Supreme where it's like between the merch and everywhere you see board apes that it, cause it represents like not just the apes themselves, but the community and all that. And you've got now a tie-in, which I think is kind of like the double-edged sword of the mutants, right? The mutants could potentially dilute, 
But you're also adding potentially another, you're doubling the size of the sort of customer base, right? Yeah. And that's the size of the reach. So, you know, when we put out like the music and the, and the honey and the comics and everything else, it's like, now you've got a bunch of other folks that are like fully invested in the success and, and everything that everybody's doing in the space. Like we're all a big old team, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think, I think one of the most beautiful things babes has always been for me is that like, like Supreme has its own brand. I don't really recognize, I don't really connect to that. Um, you know, Louis Vuitton has the brand or whatever, you know, there's all these different brands, but, but they, most of these brands kind of somewhat, um, you know, separate kind of people in life. You know, there's, you know, if you can't afford a Louis Vuitton or a Supreme or whatever, but the apes are for everybody. There's nothing. It's entirely neutral. Like everybody you know, that they, has $140,000. Well, yeah, well now, yeah, okay, now, but in the beginning, no. And yeah. that, that's what brought everybody together. It was just, you know, it was just fun. It, you can tell the stories and, and it, it's not just that like, yeah, I know there's a six figure entry fee, right? But I mean, how many artists are creating derivatives of these things and, and which has no cost to it. And, and now they're putting ten, twenty thousand dollars in their in their pocket every month. I mean, um, I, I don't know. I know I know a guy that's you know using an ape to sell honey. <laughs> no, I mean my, my ape is going to need an agent, I, and I'm not I'm not shitting you. I, I I'm talking to we have a great beer company that makes. I mean they just got into. They've been a popular bar and they sell gallons and hundreds of thousands of gallons. But they just started during COVID bottling it and canning it. And it's way more than their stores. So, and it's starting to spread across the country. And I said, hey, I'd love to do a Colonel Whiten for and do a, a heifer Whiten and use the monkey, use the ape as the logo. They're game. They think it'll awesome. sell well. So literally there's going to be a hundred thousand cans of beer with Colonel White and fur. And so it's a marketing thing. It's uh, you're taking a character just like you would anything else. The difference is I have 999,000 other people that know the brand already and is spreading from here and i've got an instant credibility so if i see that on the shelf name. at the store i'm copying it no matter what i'm like <laughs> yeah. hell yeah like that's my <laughs> shit like that's my that's my you know not just because it's but, you but because it's that's that, sorry that, that's a rocket magic here too like where which we really haven't seen yet like um you know in the last i don't know how old everybody is but you know in the last 40 plus years or whatever you don't see anything on the shelves and you don't see people you know, creating stuff with, with the Disney's Mickey Mouse, with uh, Goofy and all this stuff without going through extensive IP licensing rights and all this stuff. Um, you know, you, you, you do these derivatives or whatever, you know, hope you got good lawyers to, you know, kind of say why you use Mickey Mouse or whatever. Um, but this is it. I mean, the apes have given this to us. They, they've given anyone that's got some creativity an opportunity to capitalize on that market and they don't need to spend a hundred thousand dollars on it. They, they can just be part of the community by, by using their talent. hundred percent. And I mean, even whenever I think about buying an ape, I immediately think of all the cool things I could do with it. You know, I bought the one that I had with, uh, James, we had similar apes that had the zombie eyes and the horns, the devil horns. And, uh, in my head, I was like, man, if we keep these apes, like we could do a whole comic series around yeah. the, I was calling them the Knights of the Living Dead, but not N-I-G-H-T, but K-N-I-G-H-T, you know, like, like zombie anti-heroes, but, you know, within the board ape community where all the other apes are like civilian apes, but these guys are special because 
you know, they got this zombie situation, but they don't go full zombie because you never go full zombie because they got the horns because they got the devil. <laughs> you really thing. have been thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But this is what I mean. Like, you, you, you know, it literally allows you to like and if I, I'm not an animator or an illustrator, but it's like if I had enough like, you know, if I felt like, OK, this is really the move and the best use of time and everything else, like it'd be a blast to start creating that. I mean, that's why I do the music thing. I mean, for me, the rap thing has been my thing. So that's easy for me to go into the studio and put together a song. You know what I mean? And that's why you see so many people that are artists that are doing these like, you know, derivatives and different things because it does create, and this is why in a lot of ways, NFT to me is cooler than crypto because it's so much more, you know, creative and involved. And it is this intersection of tech and social and gaming and community and finance and everything. And all in one and uh, around some really cool shit, you know? So I think it's a, uh, so yeah. So, well, let's switch gears a little bit while, cause we got about 25 more minutes before we're out of time. And uh, so, and James and Jack, you guys, what do you think about this? The, the Christie's and Sotheby's auction. So what do you guys, so we've, we just got some, uh, and I call you guys out specifically cause you're not on the show all the time with us. And uh, you know, um, the, uh, so we just found out that Sotheby's has two lots, right? So it's a lot of dogs and a lot of uh, apes. I mean, you think the approach makes sense? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Whose are they? Um, they're, they're like a DAO collective that owns them all. Okay. Uh, I personally don't love it. Uh, I think it's just too many. I mean, they could sell for an amazing price, and you know they probably will. There's no reserve on the auction. Um, oh. If it if it doesn't sell well, like if someone doesn't pony up the money, like Justin Sun it could have an effect on the entire market, which, which is a concern. If it does well, then obviously it'll boost the entire market. But I just think it's too many in one go. Like I would rather have seen them just list like the three golds or the golds and the trippies or yep. you know, like hand select like the best of the 101 and have like 10 amazing ones, you know, not not the whole, whole lot in one go. Yeah, so I kind of agree. The thing is, they're obviously trying to use the people approach, right? Where it was all of those, um, the 5,001. The problem is that you're el immediately eliminating a huge chunk of people who would potentially want to bid on them. But the flip side of that is you're also inviting institutional investors that normally wouldn't be interested in bidding on one or two apes, right? So yeah. it could go either way, in my opinion. Um, ultimately, somebody compared it to um, to the Punks auction that didn't really do that well, but Punks still recovered handsomely afterwards. So ultimately, I think we'll be fine. Um, yeah. I do agree with James, there's just too many in one. Um, but like Justin Sun or like other um, institutional investors can come in and like just get massive exposure. And that could just completely like make this go out to the next level. So Either way, I think we'll be fine. But I think generally speaking, it's going to be good. But the one caveat to that is, is the gold apes in there, right? So James there's and I- two. We, There's we two, right? Two gold apes in there. I think there's well, three. Three, three gold apes in there. Dude, uh, I don't know. That's, that's risky. That's the thing. <laughs> so we think that it's going to be a net negative for the golds, right? Because you're just kind of like, putting him in, in a bunch with the rest when the goals should be, you know, like the- Here's the thing, as a guy that runs commercials, here's what the, I can tell you hundred percent what's gonna happen. No matter what the price is, the common person's gonna think that was one. They're not gonna know that was 101 pieces. You're gonna see a thing that says on CNN, Ford Ape sells for $27 million. 
Right. And that's what they're going to think that one ape sold for 27 million. I guarantee it. It happens all the time. Nobody looks into the details. Now, us among us will think if you divide that by one, it's so-and-so, so the value is less. The common person's just going to hear the words, and they're going to think that one dog sold for $20 million. I promise you, mark this post. That's what's going to happen. That, that's a so, fair observation. I, but, you know, what's interesting is what, what James said is exactly what I said in our text thread this morning. Is it exactly what I said in our text thread this morning. Is that if the auction goes badly, it could have a bad effect on the market afterwards on the flip side i don't you know there are a lot of whales in the board a yacht club i, I don't think they're going to let it go badly um well, yeah but you're talking if, 100... they, if they see if they see that it's going badly i feel like there i actually think there's enough firepower yeah. to make it better yeah, well there hey, is guys I mean... come on you, you know you know there's no top right <laughs> <laughs> No, and I'm I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't realize I didn't realize, mm. I didn't realize it was a hundred and a hundred and a uh, hundred and one apes in one lot. That I mean, it's going to be a big number. <laughs> I didn't realize it was no reserve. I'm at least going to throw in something. Yeah, <laughs> JT wins a hundred and one apes for a hundred each. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not even for a hundred dollars. And uh, but because I think you can bid in either USD or ETH. And then, so how long after? When's the Christie's auction? Because this is the Sotheby's. So for those of you know, for those of you at home, you know, you've got the Sotheby's auction happening first, which is happening in a couple of in the next week, or it's it's like coming right up, right? Uh, it starts yeah, September second and ninth. I don't I don't know when the apes are being uh, sold. Does anybody know that? But either way, uh, within the next week, it's is when, and I it's possible that it'll start. They all start at the same time and they all close, kind of. You know what I mean? So you've got a week of bidding. I don't think it's is it necessarily in the room the whole time, like. I'm not sure. So the Sotheby's one closes in in eight days and twenty one hours. Okay, so go ahead, I James. Am, I'm, bullish, I'm bullish on the Christie's one because that is you know that is where we will see the true value per ape. Yeah, you know this is so where this, you're going to get the maximum bids on each individual ape. And that one I'm more bullish on. And when is that? That you is know. at the end of September, I believe. All right. So we've got the Sotheby's auction next week where basically you've got a lot of 101 apes, a lot of 101 dogs. There's also some mutants and stuff involved, no? Or is it that they haven't been mutant yet? Is that? No, no, they're all virgin apes. Oh, and then serums? Are serums involved? I believe one, so. I think like one M1 and one M2 or something, or like three M1s and three M2s just to do the gold apes, I think. Okay. So they otherwise sold all the rest of the serums off already? Yeah. pretty much yeah nice um all right so and then uh so then that's going to happen and then a few weeks later and then the christie's auction is going to involve multiple like a lot of suited apes i believe right yeah yeah so, yeah that's what's up so my and first job out of college was actually working for christie's auction house so yeah shout, I mean, out to, uh, shout out to christie's yeah but can you imagine if they did like 101 Monets for sale. That's the problem is you're devaluing it just by grouping it together. Not, it doesn't even matter what the results are. You just by putting them in a hundred, you're saying I can't get enough by breaking them up. I got to put them. Agreed. All together. I, I agree. I, I would, I, when I saw that it was 101, I thought, wow, that's a lot. And then when I saw it was all in one lot, I was like, man, you know, because then, <clears throat> you know, what's going to happen is if it undersells, then there's going to be a flooding in the market of undersold apes, right? They're going to say, all right, we're going to try and get our money, you know, Try, they'll then parse the list, right? They'll figure, okay, let's liquidate a certain amount of these. So we could see, now the good news is it's 1% of the supply, right? Which is meaningful, right, yeah. but it's not devastating, right? Um, but, you know, it would lead to some pretty immediate price discovery, right? If all of a sudden, you know, there's, a, you know, there's 
40, 35 ETH apes in the mix, you know, crushing the floor and they sit for a while, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, the overall market now is like being, you know, completely drops. Now on the flip side, you know, if they get bought at a per ape price, that's more than the floor, um, you know, or, you know, based on the value of the actual apes in the bucket and they, you know, they have to diamond hands these apes, right. And their plan is just to sit and hold them. Well, now you've pulled 101 apes basically out of the supply that aren't going to get touched for a little while. So, you know, I think that could be interesting. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of us are just going to be sitting back waiting to see what happens. Same thing with the dogs. And, uh, you know, but I do think that there's enough people in the space paying attention and the institutional investors are interesting just to prep, uh, prop, uh, what do you call, uh, promote a Sherpa episode we just recently did with uh, Pedro Neronio, uh, who is, uh, uh, manages a hedge fund uh, in Europe. We talked about domains and what makes domains, you know, how do we make domains more attractive to institutional investors? And so for all you domains folks who've sat through this entire NFT show, first of all, thank you, props to you, but also, you know, go check that show out if you haven't seen it yet. Because, you know, Pedro does like a Q&A with us to kind of talk through from an institutional investor perspective, what are the important things that the domain industry needs to do in order to make domains more attractive as an investment to institutions? So, you know, and I think that this like, you know, to Jack's point, I do think that because the price tag will be so high, you know, and it does kind of sort of create it in a way that it's like, hey, you know, these guys could come in and buy this whole like, you know, it's like, you know, I, to me, it's just more in line with what they typically do with some of these kinds of assets, you know, buying like mortgages and things are bundled together and shit like that, that it's like, you know, this is, you know, kind of up their alley. And I think that I would assume, I mean, look, the Sotheby's people aren't stupid, you know, and the folks that are, and then, and the Sotheby's folks too, are like in the space, they got, you know, the dude, the one dude who like, you know, manages this piece of it, he's got an ape, you know, he knows what's up. So, I mean, you would think that there had to be some real strategy and some, you know, some people really know what they're doing in the room deciding to do it this way, you know? And so. honestly, now that I think about it, um, like you mentioned, Sotheby's is huge, right? So ultimately, if nothing else, you're just getting more eyeballs on apes, right? And assuming that an institution does buy it and they diamond hands it, like all of a sudden apes can like be very appealing as an asset class, as an investment for people who never considered it otherwise. So ultimately, I do think that it's going to be a net positive for, for apes. I yeah. think I saw something today. I saw something today that said JP Morgan just introduced NFT management. Is that, did anyone else see that? I wouldn't let them manage my NFTs. <laughs> no, I hear you, but I, it was them or somebody else. Like it was, a, it was a brokerage house or an investment firm or a bank. I saw something and unfortunately, you know, information comes so quickly sometimes and I didn't have time to really dig in, but you know, I think this goes to your point, right? It's this introduction. You know, we just, we're talking about the introduction of domains as an asset class. And, you know, we're introducing some things from a domain standpoint. we got this deal with Rally Road where we're going to be really, you know, we'll be listing domains as publicly, uh, you know, publicly available, um, you know, uh, fractionalized assets to, you know, via the Rally Road platform shortly, which is going to allow people to, you know, buy shares in a domain name, right? And if NFTs, they're already certain fractionalized, and I'm doing some of this as a little promo, right? I'm just letting everybody know, but there'll be more to follow about that. But the, um, you know, more to the point that you've got some tools and, and platforms now that are already fractionalizing NFTs. And, you know, this is the other side of that, right? But it's sort of just the continued evolution of the space. I mean, also NFTs, I mean, they've been, you know, around for a little bit 
and crazy this whole year, but we're still in the, we're still so early in the space in general that, you know, I think that's the other thing that we forget. Like some of these things are just the, the initial steps in what is going to be, you know, a longer journey that's going to lead to wherever we end up a few years from now, which is so obviously from, from, be- from the JP Morgan website, um, J JPG, JPG Morgan. Is that that? Who's that? JP. Oh, oh, you know, it's a play on words J, for JPEG Morgan. Don't buy anything. You're going to get the wrong. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> JPG. Oh, that's I wonder, really I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That, that, so that's what you saw. I don't think that's actually JP Morgan. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually <laughs> J, super cool. They're going to get JP, sued. JPG Morgan and Co. At, it's at JP JPG. Gordon. <laughs> so, so if you go to JPG Morgan, it says at JPG Morgan, we have one key goal to help our clients build stronger portfolios of non, non-fungible tokens. Oh, and, for more right. than one, and for more than one month, we've been doing just that for institutions i'm gonna file a udrp on these motherfuckers man you know what i'm saying <laughs> sounds legit uh, okay yeah that's see that's why i didn't want to that's why i wanted to be careful to to throw it out there you know because uh yeah, yeah it's powered by jpgmorgan.eth <laughs> <laughs> that that, that site will be up for a little while all i can but, uh, see is josh was signing a contract with jp morgan to, to handle his nfts like oh i sold that one uh, oh i already sold that one they're like, what, what do we want you to, what are we going to handle for you? I already sold everything. Don't worry. Yeah, I sold everything. Sorry. <laughs> wait, you said at the you. beginning of this call that you had all these NFTs. I know I did at the beginning of the call. Yeah. And um, anyway, now, but, you I've know, got, now I've got all this ether and you see it pumping. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing though, is that, you know, I've got friends of mine who do wealth management and typical like 401ks and stocks and all that stuff. And I've got more people that have been hitting me up, you know, including some really good friends who that's their, you know, they're you know, about how to do the NFT thing, you know? So you're going to see that shift anyway, regardless. So that was uh, so that was a little premature, which is why I didn't want to pump that up. Cause again, I just saw a quick tweet. So I didn't want to hang my hat on it. Let me jump in here for a sec. I actually did see an article, a friend of mine sent it to me. Uh, there's this bank, I believe um, in Switzerland called Signum. They're fractionalizing an actual Picasso painting. Mm-hmm. So they actually bought it for like 2.5 million, I believe. And they put a value of like 3.2 million yep. and they're allowing um, people to invest like $6,000 each. And like it's provable on a blockchain, right? So yeah. NFTs are not just what we're seeing now. Like there's so many uh, instances where you can use them. And also another one I, that I heard of was, um, I don't know if it was Mark Cuban or another one where stadiums with, NFT their their tickets right mm-hmm. because a lot of people buy them and resell yeah. this way the stadium right, can yeah. benefit from the resale also so many applications that we just don't even I think, think royalties about. royalties is the biggest sleeper of 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 all of this it's like what how easy you can implement royalties into future sales is is game changer that's the yeah. biggest game well we, so so there's two sides of that I think royalties is the biggest uh, the biggest game changer for artists and everything else. But I think access is the, the biggest one for consumers. Like, you know, having this token, um, you know, Supreme came out with a token and only sold 2,000 of them, but you had first rights to all their merch or, you know, and then you could sell that token. And it's, you know, same with Tesla, you could skip the lineup if you, you know, if you bought a higher number token or something. I, I think mm-hmm. I, access is what well, we haven't even seen a, a fraction of that. 
Well, and then we got the Atom Bomb Squad stuff that just came oh, out. Yeah, so, you right. know, so we pivot into a few other projects real quick, and then you know we got about 10, 15 minutes. But the, um, you know, the Atom Bomb Squad, which you know the hundreds, like that is you know going to be. I mean, they did twenty five thousand, which seemed like a lot, but they sold out quickly. And I'm already getting pretty good offers on on the ones. I know Josh already sold. He's gone. He's out. Oh, you never. Oh, Josh. No. <laughs> I, I I sold. I sold. I bought. I bought a bunch. I bought a bunch for zero point two five. I sold at zero point five. Recoup my investment, and I'm still a godsend. It's how the game is played, guys. <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the game. But um, but those, you know, but that will be if uh, you know, you read through some of the stuff that they're doing with that, it is gonna be about access to drops and like, you know, merch and things and and whatnot. And uh, you know, and even the merch drops that they're doing from the board ape yacht club have been extremely successful. I mean, shit. Oh, yeah, I never, yeah, I never you know, so it's like, you know, the, there's no doubt that you know the use of NFTs is gonna be and this is the evolution that we're talking about. I mean, we're in like this is this is level one of where it could ultimately end up. And, uh, you know, it does create a whole lot of like new stuff and, you know, the music industry, I, I use this example all the time. I mean, you can, you know, buy into an artist. You can literally, not only are you supporting an artist by buying their music early, but you could end up like being able to resell that music and those tokens later on. So it's like, you know, we all like to discover artists back in the day when we were younger. It was like, you know, being on to stuff like you love being like, Oh, have you heard this yet? Have you heard that yet? You know, you can actually get in first you know, pay in a way to support the artist directly and then make more money as they get more popular and successful because, you know, either through some kind of a royalty share or just simply flipping the NFT that is the collector's item, right? So now instead of hanging the gold record on the wall or buying that at an auction or something, it's like, you know, you're actually buying into the music itself. And, uh, you know, I think that we, yeah, we, we're just, we're, the, we're, the, the, the artists and the music, the music side of NFTs is not even started yet. No, it's, it's not, not even, it's not um, even like, it's not even like people aren't even thinking about it, but the, the music side of NFT is like, oof, that could be, that could be huge. And I'm, and I'm sure that I'm sure the record, uh, the record company is probably not, not loving not loving the possibilities. No, there. Well, they are and they aren't, right? I mean, it depends on how progressive they're thinking, right? And I think it's ultimately going to depend on, you know, everybody's mileage will vary. So I think some folks are going to do well because, you know, they're going to figure out how to best, you know, kind of work it and monetize it. I mean, people still will pay for music. People pay for, you know, Apple Music subscriptions and they found out that people would pay for a dollar a song, even though, you know, Napster and other LimeWire and other things were available, right? But people also pay for access going back, I think, to the point that we were making about that. You know, you have certain, you know, live shows and, you know, concert tickets and backstage pass access and behind the scenes and video and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, so the artists that are very digitally savvy or have good people around them to help them, you know, kind of get hip and figure that out will we'll do very well. And the labels that then also solve that will also do very well. So, you know, it's just continuing to figure out how to, you know, kind of keep up with everything that's happening and how to best monetize it. I mean, well, so, yeah. So. Yeah. Like just, just imagine if like, so it's a fish. I, 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 don't, I really don't even know what this guy's really do. He speaks to music, but you know, apparently fish has like this incredible cult, right? So mm -hmm. uh, a couple of my friends have, um, I guess there's a show in, next february or something i don't know it's in mexico right but they all they did was line up uh you know get on their phone and try to get tickets for this and one guy spent like thirty thousand bucks and like three you know three nights there in some suite and stuff like that but 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 they do but they've gone to like 50 60 70 shows i mean like these are hardcore fans yeah yeah, yeah. so now for imagine sure. if like fish or somebody came out with an nft where you didn't have to line up you had like 24 hours to get you 
like it's incredible. Oh it's yeah. Well, of, and so, um, you know, one of the, the the Pixel Vault folks, I think, are really like when you look oh, at who's awesome. doing, you know, and uh, so that's Punk's comic, and Jack. James, you guys have any punks comic founders DAO, mint passes, any of that kind of stuff? You and you and Alan might need to talk about this in a, in a different conversation. It just hurt. <laughs> it, it just pain. Like every, I had to, I had to stop following Beanie. Like it just pains me every time I see this free. Like, oh, this is we're going to give you another ten Ethereum, another ten Ethereum, and if you've got so, all of these, we're going to give you a hundred Ethereum. Yeah. Well, I, look, Alan's in. <laughs> Alan's in a lot more than me, man. I have one copy of the comic. I have one mint pass. I need to get a founder's DAO token. And now I guess I have to get a second mint. You pass need to well. get a second mint pass as well. Like he's order. absolutely milking you guys. But he's paying off. It's so great. It's and awesome. then the founder said, Hey, he's not even, he's just the marketing arm of ours. He has nothing to do with any of this. Well, that's because that he's, he's on Twitter telling Pranksy to go fuck himself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He, so he like, blocked me. He doesn't, he blocked me because I told him Pranksy, you know, Pranksy got what? Five punks for three uh oh, nf or three uh top shots of what's his oh, name no. zion is that oh, the it was a zombie trainer? it's a zombie punk too right yeah, zombie, it was a zombie and four punk. other ones yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude pranksy pranksy got scammed out of 100 east today did you see that yeah i saw that we're trying to buy a banksy yeah basically i didn't know he actually sent the eth i thought it was just a bid it was a, it know. was a bid that got accepted and then they ran for the hills yeah, and then I saw like somebody tweeted like Pranksy Bank Banksy Prank. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I did see that. I didn't know what that meant. Oh, I yeah, feel better I mean, about my thousand dollars then. Oh yeah, and my troll yeah, money, yeah, man. Rough. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but the thing about Pixel Vault, so you know, you can find it on OpenSea under Punk's comic. And uh, so, but here's the thing: for the people who minted the Punk's comics, who believed in the beginning, they're getting all this benefit basically for free i mean they if you had a couple all you needed to do i mean all you needed to do right is get a fucking time machine but back then what you needed to do was you know buy like a couple copies mint a few copies of the comic and if you burn one to get into the dow and you didn't even need to burn one to get the mint pass right alan you just got the mint pass for having a comic uh no it will show you uh, you had to mint the mint pass yeah you, you, well you had a comic and then you yeah you had to burn the comic to get a mint pass Okay. But there's no cost. There's no cost to it. It's just a burn fee, I think. Um, <laughs> just gotta get rid of it. Yeah. So something like that. I can't remember. He, honestly, for what you put into it, it was ridiculous. It's like yeah, it was basically you, you the could, best you investment. You put about five hundred bucks, and and now it's worth I don't know fifty thousand, hundred thousand. So yeah, and that, and that's what I think. Yeah. But it's all being driven by the fact that the creators who are able to build and understand the new, you know, how to work this this system, right? Um, and how to provide additional value. That's what the Board ABI Club has done incredibly between the dogs and some of the merch drops. And now with everything that's going on with the mutants might not be perfect and it might not be perfect for everybody, but overall creating tons of value for people who've gotten involved and taken a leap of faith and become part of the community yeah. and all and, that. And, so. and Beanie's put his mouth where, you know, his money where his mouth is. Oh yeah. Look, like I said, no, I got a point. His money where his mouth is. Cause I mean, like, I, I don't know of anybody else in this industry that's, you know, on that scale anyhow who's gone out and really hired talent from like marvel and all this stuff like he's he's put his money into this and yeah well um, whatever and, he, oh, go ahead. he's a smart guy he's a smart yeah, guy there's no smart. doubt about it there's no he's doubt just about polarizing it. yeah of course and i think you know there's probably some method to that madness you know what i mean and uh but keep in mind these people that are become celebrities in the space 
I mean, literally just got in six months before we did, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, and, and it's elevated them really high because they've had this crazy success. Apart from James. What's that? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, James, James and Jack and that, you know, their whole, the two family, the two families, the two families, they operate at a different level than the rest of us. You know what I mean? Except for maybe Drew, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like, uh, and, and I just, you know, and I carry Drew's bag so I get to get some credit, you know, but the, um, I just, no, I, I just mean, like watching those travel videos. I mean, that diving experience was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the food. We just, we watch his food pictures. I'm like, what? We just try and guess what it is. That's like, what is he eating? Is yeah. <laughs> James, you provide more entertainment than you realize to everybody else. I'm glad. <laughs> so anyway, so, all right, well, guys, look, we are almost out of time. Um, I think we covered a lot of ground and this is not going to be the only time that we get everybody on here. We're going to keep it moving, you know, as we've been doing these rabbit hole shows. And this is everybody that's part of this crew is collectively the rabbit hole gang. We're going to do, by the way, I got rabbit So to tie it all back, all roads lead to domains, rabbit It goes to the most recent Sherpa rabbit hole episode until we decide to drop like a rabbit hole NFT. But so uh, can we, you know, can we so call you, this show? Let's call this show the Gang Bang. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, see. Uh, let's see. Let's see how many of these we can do before it all comes crashing down. <laughs> <laughs> it's the you know call it the countdown. No, hey, look, man. I mean, <laughs> the I think at the end of the day, I think whether you are bullish in the moment or bearish in the moment, I mean, the idea that NFTs are here to stay, right? So I think yeah, that, we're, I think we're all bullish. I think we're. All I think any. Well, we, I think you have to be bullish to a certain extent to even be in the room, right? But yeah. you know, NFTs are here to stay. There's no question. I think now it's just a question of there's going to be winners. There's going to be a lot of losers, right? I think you know, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you know, I think we all agree. Look, the blue chips are going to will remain. Now, whether or not they remain at a certain price level and, you know, and how all that shit, but there's so much to happen in the, in between and there's so much money to either be made or lost. You know, that's why it's always do your own research, all that kind of stuff. But overall, I think we are still crazy early in the space. You know, everybody, it's just like, you know, you saw with crypto, you know, back in 17, 18, you know, the run up all of a sudden, everybody, you know, the guy at the supermarket saying, oh, you, you heard of cryptocurrency, you know what I mean? And then, you know, now the most recent run up, it's, you know, higher wow. than it's ever been. Right. Have you guys seen? Sorry, have you guys seen the news? What's that? The uh, UTA signs the uh, Larva Labs, CryptoPunks, MeatPot, MeBits, and Autoglyphs um, for film, TV, video game, and publishing products. Dude, wow. this is a United Talent Agency, probably one of the biggest. Uh, well, here's the thing, though: the CryptoPunks wow. get nothing out of it. That's the difference: is they <laughs> can do that because they own the rights. You can't do that with Board Eight because they don't represent us. We have our own representation. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, and look, screwed. And that's what I do love. And that's what I do love about the Board Eight Yacht Club. I mean, the derivative rights. That was one of the genius things that they did was that they basically said, you have all the derivative rights. You know, you can do what you want with your apes. You know, under with the certain limitations. But you know, and that's what's open the floodgates for people to be like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to spend this money and buy this thing because I can do so much with it, you know? And, uh, but this is exactly what I'm saying about the space and that we are so early. Right. And when, even so they just do this deal with UTA, you're going to start seeing crypto punks and me bits and everything else under their umbrella being used for even more stuff. And as that happens, the value you of crypto punks will dime. Yeah, but the value, I mean, there is, there is a the very, very clear difference. There is a very clear difference between, you can see it between Lava Labs and some of the other newer projects where the founders are clearly trying to drive value for their community, as opposed to Lava Labs that are clearly trying to drive value for themselves. And it's very, like, it's very, very obvious. 
from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it is, but you know, that, that's the great thing about you know what we're doing. I think you know it, it's not just about NFTs. There's so many different like you know categories of collectibles. There's you know, and you know, some will have IP rights, some doesn't. But you know, all, all what what does this what this escalation has done over the last three months or five months? It's not just price discovery. It's it's really shown like how many people you know and how many different groups are, are out there yeah. and yeah. I, I don't know where that stops but i i we haven't touched this like we've only touched the surface of this stuff i think alan i mean what does something like this do <laughs> i do when, I when, you, <laughs> when you when you talk about when you talk about uta like and and the lava lab saying indirectly it still benefits the community because it, it brings validation yeah. it brings validation right, that, right. That's yeah. a, and that's it raises the, the visibility thing. and it's absolutely going to make the the actual underlying nfts more valuable and then when the board apes do their deal with netflix to drop a netflix show and you're you know and they coordinate and get people to get their apes involved and I mean, at the end of the <laughs> my kids are going to be watching my board apes on Netflix. Yeah, but how frustrating <laughs> would it be for your for your crypto from Peppa Pig. <laughs> to be on every commercial and a TV show and the star of a TV show and you make zero? That, well, that's an that's interesting. That's a huge question. That's a big question. Well, and that's where it remains to be seen, and there's still you know questions to be answered. But I think again, it's just <laughs> this. Punk, this punks, news. And, punks and bebits are like .com. You don't really own them. You just, you just, you just rent them. Well, you know, but I'll say, you know, again, going back to my point though, you know, still super bullish. NFTs are not going anywhere. The OG blue chip stuff is going to continue to, to elevate overall in value. Even if we see, you know, like, you know, like the S and P index, you know, it's going to, maybe it'll have its dips, but overall it's going to continue to rise as there's more and more people that are going to come into the space. And as long as the bigger macro factors remain somewhat constant, there's so much money out there and the stock market's up and everything else. So, you know, if you get Drew on here, he'll tell you how, well, you know, once the, you know, the stock market crashes and crypto crashes and the dollar crashes and, you know, and we're all having to live on, you know, James's yacht because there's no more like, you know, there's no more sovereignty anywhere, but the, um, you know, Drew's actually on a yacht right now off the coast of Greece, which is why he's not here. But Catamaran, the, uh, not a yacht. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you get you. That's kind of dirty, man. Can, like, can we please add that cranberry music to that video and make it a meme? Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to add music to it. The, one where, so, the one where he's reaching for the bar and he almost falls into the. <laughs> Did you see Drew, that too? Drew sent a little <laughs> video on our our rabbit hole game. We're gonna have to extend. We're gonna have to grow the thread by the way, to include everybody that's part of the rabbit hole gang. And uh, so Drew sent us a video on the boat, like with the wind and everything. And you didn't have any hair to be, you didn't have uh, Jack's hair to be like doing its thing, but he was, uh, you know, would have really been cool with the cranberry juice, like the uh, Fleetwood Mac, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, he's doing Fleetwood Mac. I, I will make that happen. I tried to do it on my iPhone, but I got hit with like, cause my music's all through Apple music and the, the rights, it was a right digital rights management block that wouldn't let me put it on the video on my phone. So, you know, which mm. kind of ties into all this other shit that we're talking about. Anyway, I, I can I can have my son do it. He, he gets a, he, he knows how to all this shit. <laughs> well, you might, might have to make, have him do it. We'll release it as an NFT. But anyway, guys, look, I appreciate all y'all taking the time. Uh, we are over time. I think the last piece I will say, which is the point I've been making, and I think this news coming in is just more sort of fuel to that or validation of that point, which is we are way early on NFTs. You know, the winners and losers will still be yet to decide it, but, you know, we can definitely see certain trends and things emerging. And we've been able to take advantage of that and have a ton of fun in the process. In the meantime, we're just talking our talking our stuff and uh, pumping our bags and, and doing what we do. So <laughs> I want to thank all y'all for being on the show, especially James and Jack. This is the first time, but not the last time. 
And uh, Shane, Josh, Allen, as always, thank you. And like I say in every show, thank you to the audience, because without you, there's no us. And uh, we will catch you all next time here on Down the Rabbit Hole on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Peace out. Bye, guys. It don't matter what you do.